Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you back to Sling the Biscuit. This is going to be episode 18 of Sling the Biscuit podcast, the brand new Sling the Biscuit, hosted by my amazing co-host, based out of Winnipeg, Mr. Dave Wheeler, Winnipeg Raider legend, and myself, glorified starting right bench warmer for the Motor City Rockos, Rockers in the Fed Zeno Pro Hockey, FPHL. By the way, how about the shout-out from Slingin' or from, um, uh, what's that other podcast that talks about hockey that's uh, kind of popular from Barstool Sports? Uh, Spit and Chicklets. Spit and Chicklets. Yeah, how about the how about the shout out for the uh, the fight the goalie fight in the Feds? You know, yeah, what a what a fight! Uh, you know, I gotta say, like there, there hasn't been a lot of goalie fights going on in the Feds. You know, the last little bit, the the touching gloves at the beginning, like they were fighting for like the middleweight belt in the UFC, touch gloves to start off, and then they they went at it. And it was a interesting fight to say the least. I mean, I know a lot of people in the comment section weren't happy; they thought it was more of a slap fest. But anytime two guys want to come and throw it on, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan, especially in the Feds. You know. Depending on who's coming down from the other end of the ice, do you oblige every time or what? Well, I'd have to get out the bench to have the opportunity to do that. I think we, we got to address that fact first. However, uh, if I did, th- this is one of my, my secrets to fighting for goalie fights. I know we're going to start out the podcast hot this week. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode by for those listening. But uh, you've got to take the uh, the elbow straps. So like as a goalie, if you're not a goalie, uh, the uh, there's like a Velcro strap that goes around the wrist. You have to undo that and take it off. Because as a goalie, you're basically like a Michelin man when you're fighting, right? And when the guy grabs you and you have the wrist strap out, you can sling your arm out. And now I have a free normal hand in this goalie body. And the other guy doesn't have his hands free. He's holding my chest protector, which is like limp. And I will just go to town. And that guy's going to be wrestling my knuckle out of his orbital bone when I got that free hand. So that's, that's my tip for fighting. Also, if you're in the weeds and the guy's pounding on you, just grab the side of his pants and dump him over and then... Make sure he lands on top of you. End the fight right there. The refs will get in. That's uh, Fighting Tips with Trav on uh, episode 18. In here, I thought you were going to give us the old uh, get him into a rear naked choke or an arm bar. <laughs> actually, you know what? I Actually, I hurt one of the guys at the rink the other day. We were, uh, we were fooling around the locker room. One of the guys was shooting a, a tennis ball at me. And uh, he hit me like right like in the mouth. And so I, I looked at him. like I, I snapped on him. I said, oh, you, you want to you play that game there, tough guy? Okay. So I come over there. You know, we're, we're tossing the body a little bit. You know, a little shoulder-shoulder action. And then, I don't know what came over me, I grabbed him, like, from behind, like, like in jiu-jitsu, and I went to, like, lock my, my feet through his feet to go for the sweep. I booted him in the shin so hard, he just dropped, like, a sack of bricks, and I felt so bad. I, I generally wasn't trying to hurt the guy, I was just trying to, like, have a little fun, but... You, you didn't tell yeah. him you were playing Rochambeau? No, absolutely not. Oh, he did geez. not know what was going on. <laughs> uh, that's great. Listen, um, just uh, really quickly, um, the reason why the episode is shorter today is because... I've been traveling all week. I was at the uh, center of the universe, and for all the Americans listening, if you didn't know, the center of the universe resides in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Ask anybody from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and they will tell you 100% that uh, that is the center of the universe. Now, I have uh, some insight. That's the way I'll I'll play it to you. It's a a story, but it's not like one of those, like, oh, my God, you got to hear the story. But I was given a little insight into an issue in the National Hockey League that has been going on for the past 25 years. And I'm going to do it anonymously. I'm not going to tell you who it was, but that that coming up. A little bit of insight into the National Hockey League uh, coming up here a little bit later on in the show. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting podcast this week. Uh, also going to be a little bit shorter because uh, we here in Motor City are traveling. we got uh, three games in four nights in a bunch of different places. So tonight was the only night we were able to record. Uh, Dave's traveling. I'm traveling. So we're trying to make the podcast a little bit shorter so it's a smaller file size so it'll upload in time. Because trust me, the Comfort Inn and the Ramada Wi-Fi, it's not going to cut it when you're uploading a 300-gigabyte 4K master file podcast trying to get it ready for Sunday. So uh, 
Uh, by the by the way, big shout out to everyone else who's traveling this week for uh, for American Thanksgiving. For those that don't know, again, to educate all of our Americans, uh, we have our Thanksgiving in October, and that comes down to just harvest harvest times. Our harvest time was a little bit different back in the day, and so we celebrate our Thanksgiving in October. So. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll be honest with you. I love the NFL football on all day. I love the turduckins. I love the – it's basically the kickoff to – our kickoff to Christmas is right after Veterans Day in the U.S., uh, Remembrance Day in Canada. That's the kickoff to our Christmas season. And so I know this is the big Christmas, uh, Christmas kickoff to the United States of America. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and Merry Christmas. Absolutely. If you're in Canada, Thanksgiving's in October. If you're in the United States, it's in November. If you're in Sweden, that's called Thursday. Yeah, they don't do it at all, eh? No, no Thanksgiving. It's, it's interesting. It's a very interesting. And Christmas is the day before. So Christmas in Sweden is Christmas Eve on the, the 24th of December. It's interesting. Hmm. I found this out recently. Shocked me. Um, in Mexico, they don't really celebrate Christmas Day. They celebrate the six days leading up to Christmas. Um, it was basically the journey that uh, uh, Mary and Joseph took all the way to Bethlehem. Those are the days they celebrate. And they set off fireworks every single night. Not the city. Now, the city you're living in, just people in their backyards all night long, fireworks. Love to be down there to see that one day. Yeah, and if you want to set up some fireworks, you got to pick up some underwear from our presenting sponsor, the amazing team at Sheath and Underwear. Fireworks in your pants. We're going to tell you why. At Slinging the Biscuit Podcast, we like to sling our biscuits in an appropriate basket, and the team at Sheath Underwear will help do that for you. So uh, the team at Sheath Underwear have pioneered the dual pouch. It is a segregated pouch to separate your twig and your biscuits. If you're a man listening to this podcast, let's be honest, we all have a little bit of a problem. It sticks to the side of your leg. I don't care how much you shave it, how much you trim it. It sticks to the side of your leg. So the dual pouch from Sheath will separate it. They're in two separate compartments. They breathe. And it is physically impossible for them to touch together. The Christmas season is right around the corner. It's the perfect gift to give your man if you're a woman. If you're a man, maybe you want to buy it for yourself. And you can do so by going to the link in the video description and use the promo code BISCUIT69, B-I-Z-K-I-T-69. You heard that correctly. And if you're on the Apple, Spotify, Google podcast, there is a uh, link in the uh, podcast notes as well. Well, let me let me drop this uh, on you. Uh, put that in the stocking. And and if you, uh, if you get that for a certain somebody in your house or you give it for yourself... You're not necessarily going to be uh, the people. They're going to go, oh, thanks. Wow, underwear for Christmas. Cool. The thanks won't come right away. It'll come after they wear it for the first, the second, and third time. And go, yo, remember that? Remember the drawers you got me? Unbelievable. Best Christmas gift ever. They will thank you later. Don't expect the, uh, the gratitude right away, but it will come after a few wears. I promise you, put that on someone's stocking. Make them very happy, whether it be dad, whether it be son, whether it be cousin. Get them sheath underwear. You'll be a hero this holiday season. I promise. Yeah, I like to compare sheath underwear to, like, if you're a single man living on your own, you don't have a dishwasher. When you go from hand-washing the dishes to having a dishwasher, then you never go back to hand-washing the dishes. You don't know how good you have it or how good you could have it until you have the piece of the good life at uh, sheathunderwear.com. Real quick shout-out. Now, I've been meaning to ask you this on uh, on the pod for a little while, but you actually brought it up before we we started taping. Um, I've been meaning to ask because I saw a name on your roster, and I went, huh. What are the odds that that's the same guy that I know? Because we talked a few weeks ago. I, I told you to ask Rob if you ever had a run-in with my boy Colin Murphy, who used to play with the Marlies. And sure enough, you and I have a mutual friend playing with the Motor City Rockers, another fellow Winnipegger, and you actually qualified for that for me last week on the YouTube, on the vlog, when you said, shout out fellow Manitoban, Ian White. Yes, sir. Whitey is uh, from Winnipeg. He sits beside me in a locker room, 500 NHL games experience with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, Detroit Red Wings, Carolina Hurricanes, and Sharks. And, uh, yeah, he's playing with the Motor City Rockers. He was playing last season in Columbus, Georgia with the Columbus River Dragons. And then 
I can't remember if they traded his rights or, or if something happened there, but anyway, he's with us, and he sits beside me in the locker room, and actually, um, first off, fantastic guy, just on a personal level, just getting to know him, sitting beside him, him and I talk every day. By the way, he... Uh, he dresses like a Top Gun Maverick. He literally he comes in with like the leather biker jacket and the aviator shades every single day. It's a great look on him. Um, when we were in Binghamton last weekend, so obviously Whitey's a vet. Whitey is uh, 38 years old. Um, he's a 90, or sorry, he's an 80, I'm dating myself here. He's a 84 born Winnipegger defenseman. And so he's probably the oldest, by far the most veteran guy in the league. And so we're down on morning skating bingo. One of our, our leaders says, hey, you guys got five minutes to play rebound at the end of practice. Every minute you're late, it's a $5 fine. Do with it what you will. So he goes away, and then Whitey takes his helmet off and says, boys, I got the fines covered. Let's just play it out. First one to 10. <laughs> like, what a beauty. Wow. So who won? I did win. I won 11-9 in uh, overtime. Atta boy. Atta boy. I think I saw, I think, I th- I think I saw a little footage in the, on that on the blog. On the blog. Yeah, I gotta be honest. I got dusted today at practice. The boys, uh, the boys cleaned house. The boys cleaned house two games straight against me today. So, but it was also me versus twelve of them instead of five. So it was uh, interesting. It'll be on the vlogs. I think they cheated a little bit. They were poking at my glove, glove mm-hmm. side in the game-winning goal. But that's another discussion for another day. Okay, let me ask you this question. The reason why I bring it up is because I was in contact with another old buddy of mine that I used to play hockey with. His name is Danny Stewart. Graduated uh, uh, University of Mi- uh, University of Miami in Ohio. Uh, went on to play a little bit in the uh, in the U-Haul. Uh, had a few years. I, think, I can't remember where he was playing. Oh, for the Comets. He was playing for the Comets. And he ended up um, going over to play for the Coventry Blaze in the United Kingdom. And then he ended up becoming a player coach. Now, if anyone remembers 1977 Slapshot, that was Reg Dunlop. He was a player. He was also the coach. So not only were you taking regular shifts, you were on the bench telling which boys to go out next and whatnot. He eventually moved away from that because he's the same age as me. He's 43 now. And so now he's full-time coach there. But I thought to myself, the Fed would be a perfect league for that, wouldn't it? And I was, I'm curious to know, are there any player coaches anywhere in the league? Oh, you bet there. Actually, I got three for you, and they, these were fantastic, and they get better with, with each and every round. So first off, uh, we have a player coach in our team. So shout out to uh, Everett Thompson. We call him E.T. And uh, so he is assistant coach uh, slash starting uh, center. I believe he's a center. Uh, he's, he also has an amazing girlfriend, Sarah. She actually works for, um, oh, God damn it, not ESPN, um, the Bleacher Report, I believe she okay. works for. So she's doing really well. She, she's verified on, on all social media. She's like a big deal. Yeah, all that costs you is eight ninety nine these days. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. But, uh, yeah, she's fantastic. So there's that. Uh, in Port Huron, about an hour down the road, we have uh, Matt Graham. He is player GM coach. And then to top it off, this may be the greatest story Player GM coach? Correct. Wow. They don't have a coach on the bench. They have a trainer, and then their coach is uh, uh, playing during the game. So they have no actual staff on the bench, like, like a, a coach on the bench. He wears the C, obviously. Uh, I think he gave himself the A. I don't, I don't know if he's allowed to give himself the C. Okay. But I got one that'll top that for you. So uh, shout out federal legend Joe Pace. He was player-owner coach for Port Huron for the last couple of years, right? And um, so with, with the expansion draft, Elmira, Motor City, and uh, Mississippi come in the league, Joe Pace trades himself to Mississippi, to the Mississippi Seawolves, and then names himself player GM coach. <laughs> Tell me that's the, not the most fed Zeno thing you've ever heard. Player owner coach trades himself to another team to be player owner coach. <laughs> but so, so he bought the other team? So he, owns, he owned two teams? Now, I want to be very clear. This is what I've been told. This is um, 
passed on information. I haven't talked to Joe Pace. He actually invited me to come skate with the Port Huron Prowlers about three years ago. Things ended up not working out. But uh, this is just information I've been told from other guys that uh, he traded himself and then bought into the team because they're a new expansion team. I'm assuming he would be able to buy a piece of the team a little cheaper. And yeah, player, owner, coach trades himself to another team. How legendary is that? How do you even do that? Anything goes in the Fed Zeno, Dave. Anything goes. Well, I remember over in the K, uh, Sergei Fedorov, who we talked about on this podcast before, him and his younger brother, Fedor, he was owner of one of the K teams, and they were so riddled with injury that he threw on the skates and came back and played a few games. Now, one thing to happen in the Fed, one thing to happen in the SP or the U-Haul, whatever, I think it used to be called the U-Haul. And but I mean, for it to happen in like in the K, I mean, that'd be that that, that I, I guess Lemieux kind of did it when he came back. I, honestly, like when it comes to pro hockey, and, and I've realized this, I've realized this more so recently, but I've realized it like in the last couple of years since getting exposed to it. Like as you like climb up the ranks of hockey from like junior to college to pro, like it, it's all the same like um, like order, like in the pecking order, the way things run. But I, I think like the anything goes mentality. Is, is exacerbated even more the higher up you go, like in the, in the minor pro ranks, especially like in the Fedzino and the SP, and maybe not so much in the coach and, or in the coast, you're not going to find any player owner coaches, but like, it, like pro hockey is ruthless. It's, it's absolutely ruthless. And when you see guys that, that go online, they've played a couple of games of ACHA Division Three hockey, maybe they played a little bit of junior B hockey for one season at 18, packed it in, they decided to play men's league, now they're yapping, then hey, I can play in the Fed, the Fed's a beer, I can play in the SP, I could walk on today, like, you don't understand how good the hockey is. We've talked about this before, but also just like, I, I think at some points it's not even about like how good the hockey is in, in comparison to the grand scheme of things. I think it's just like the ruthlessness of like, you have to really love the game to continue playing. Like guys in the Fed love the game more than anybody else in the world. And I'll tell you why. Like the the bus trips. So for example, like we leave, I hope I'm not going to get into shit for saying this, but we're going to say it anyway. So like our bus trips, we leave at midnight. We leave at midnight. We go to, on the last two trips we've gone to New York. Uh, we get there around 10 a.m. As you can imagine, it's not easy to sleep on a bus overnight, especially during those hours. So you don't get a lot of sleep. We get you know to our location right on the ice, morning skate. We have our meal. We get back to our hotel, a little two-hour nap, and then back to the game. Granted, I don't play the games. I just warm the bench, but it's a grind. You have to like you have to really love the game to not want to sleep, to do all these things and to go and play the game. And then also like the, I don't want to say like the BS side, but like the uh, management side of things. Like, so for example, like three years ago when I first got exposed to pro hockey with the Columbus River Dragons in the Fed, hey, we're going to sign you. You're the backup goalie. Like there's nothing that's going to take you out of the team. You're going to be here. We like you. We want to invest in you. Everything's going to be good. Well, guess what? Sent home a week into camp, signed the contract. Everything should be good, but false promises. Like this is pro hockey. Right. Well, listen, you, you, you are a traveling circus and all depending on what circus you're with, yeah, you're going to get uh, treated better. I mean, the NHL is still a traveling circus, but they are the Cirque du Soleil of, of the circus. Great story about a, a guy that I used to know. Uh, he got called up, got his first cup of coffee in the NHL, and they're sitting there waiting for their plane to show up. And he goes over to the, uh, the convenience area in the, um, in the airport and grabs a stick of gum, deck of playing cards and a magazine. The guys are looking at him like he's got three heads. And so they finally they get on the plane, and it's basically like a convenience store as soon as you walk in with playing cards, bubble gum, chips, whatever you want, magazines, anything you want to grab, it's already there. So, again, you don't know what you don't know. But, I mean, as you go down further, you're still traveling. You're going from town to town. You're entertaining people no different than a circus. And, I mean, the, the traveling circuses that are trying to make their way up, same kind of thing. I mean, they're traveling and very... 
going from town to town, the carnies that are setting up all the things on the outside. Yeah, man, there's a lot of there's a lot more hands on the further down you go, and it's non union. And if you're not bringing people, no, it's it's true though. I mean, it, it's a non union situation outside of you know the NHLPA, and so yeah, you can sign a contract. It's not too dissimilar to radio. Radio in Canada is non-unionized. Television is. Radio is not. You can sign a contract, and they'll boot you out the door, and you turn around and go, but I had a contract, and they go, beat it. Go ahead. Fight us on it. You know? Like it's just, it, 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 it's ruthless, and I've always believed, I mean, Ted Lindsay did a good job for the NHL back in the day, putting the union in place, which I think was necessary, because Gordie Howe signed for, his signing bonus was a jacket. He got a Red Wings jacket as a signing bonus. So I understand it was there. For a reason, I think it's taken a little too much control, not just in professional sports, but I think in a lot of industries in general. But I do understand that they're there for a place. There, there is a place for them. People need to be represented and need to be protected. But in some of those bottom-level traveling circuses, yeah, you're going to have to travel at midnight, show up at 10, get no sleep, sleep next to a guy who's going to fart all night. You know, these, these are the things you deal with. I, I think, too, like just also accepting like you have to separate the business from the professional side shall we say like so for example i come to play hockey i need to focus on the hockey but i can't let the other stuff uh come and affect me like and i'm going to be totally honest about this when when i signed and and a lot of people are going to you know realize this when i signed in motor city the deal was you are going to be the backup the number two guy we're going to see how things play out this could change depending on play there's a lot of variables at hand i was also told hey you're going to get one of the first three opening games of the season that wasn't the case. Fast forward two months. Here we still are. I haven't played a game. I have two choices. I can get upset nah, about it. Not that you haven't played a game. You just haven't started a game, for the Sorry, record. I haven't started a game. So you have two choices. You can get upset about it, bitch and complain, moan and go home, take your ball home with you, or pull up your socks and say, listen, it's a long season. We got six months. At this point in time, we have four more months of hockey left in the season. My opportunity is going to come. We stick with it. We love the game. True or false? Yeah, we love hockey. We're just going to keep sticking with it. And don't let the BS drag you down because that is how so many guys fall out of love with the game. And don't get me wrong. We've talked about this in the previous podcast. I don't love the game as much as I used to after getting exposed to this kind of stuff because it's not that same happy-go-lucky mom takes you to the rink, you get hot chocolate, and it's fun. right? There's, there's a business side. There's a reason I get paid one twenty-five a week. There's a business. People want to make money off me. They want to make money off the team, et cetera, et cetera. But you just separate that and you go along with uh, with playing the game. Well, man, I remember. I don't think it um, doesn't matter if it's basketball, hockey, whatever the sport is. When you're growing up, you're like, man, if I could just do this for a living and just make enough to get by, I would do it forever. And I would just I'd play for peanuts as if I could play hockey professionally for the rest of my life. And then all of a sudden it's like, or you can be really good and make millions of dollars. At it. It's like, yeah, that sounds like a pretty good option, too. People think that you're making millions of dollars, but you're not. Like like on our team, um, there's there's one player who's kind of like the outlier to the rule, as you can tell. But guys make 125 to I think about 250 a week. It's the max. We have one mm-hmm. guy. Well, we have two guys on our team that are only making 110. So we have guys that make below the league minimum just because of their rule. So you're not gonna make millions. You're not gonna get rich. You have to do something else. Like for example, like like uh, I was just telling Dave before we started recording, like big sexy Elias Thompson. The guy goes after, especially after games and practices on Wednesdays when, or, or sorry, practices on Thursdays when they have beer league games Wednesday night. He goes around the arena and collecting cans. He opens up all the recycling bins. He goes out back throughout the arena. He collects cans, puts them in a trash bag, brings them, brings them down to the vendor, trades them in for ten cents, and he makes money off that. So guys do all this kind of stuff. Guys work side jobs. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you know that this podcast and this vlog is another way to make a couple bucks, so I'm not trading in cans. But guys have to do extra stuff to survive. We have all of our expenses covered. We're happy. We love hockey. 
but you got to make a little bit of sacrifices, right? Like well, this, this isn't like the National League where we're getting big time bucks and we're getting you know steak and eggs for breakfast. You know we're getting ramen noodles. I'm I'm looking at a pack of ramen noodles right now on top of the fridge right here. We get crushed canned tomatoes for sixty five cents because they've expired, and that's what you do. You make the best of the situation because you don't have a lot of money and you love the game and you want to keep pursuing it as long as you can because you can work a real job anytime. Well, you mentioned something earlier in this uh, little diatribe here about. Uh, guys that are chirping online and saying stuff like, like, oh, I, I could make the Fed. I can come out and play the Fed. Um, there's a guy by the name, and, and I implore you to go check him out. He's on he's on YouTube. He has a channel. His name's Trevor Bauer. He pitches for the L.A. Dodgers. And on his YouTube channel, he calls these guys out, and he's like, all right, I'll go to a, uh, I'll go to a beer league baseball game, you know, fast pitch. See if you can hit off me. You hit off me, I'll give you, I'll give you a thousand bucks. None of these guys. None of these guys can hit off him. He took some of the top high school play like a top high school prospects that were all committed to go on and play div one ncaa couldn't get a hit off this guy couldn't get a hit off him and i mean how many of you have actually heard of trevor bauer if you follow his youtube great but i mean it's not like he's a marquee name well, you have but i mean it's not like he's a marquee name in major league baseball he's not a justin verlander it's not as it's not as easy as you think man go out and try well maybe not a prevalent name because of what has gone on with him in the last little bit but like when we're talking about playing in the major leagues of baseball, like that's like a top. I don't know how many teams they got. They got thirty. Actually, they got like ten pitchers per team. That's a top three hundred pitcher in the world. And on top of that, like the dude was a starter. The dude's getting paid big. What well, was getting paid big money? Like that's an elite level athlete. So when you compare him to the rest of the major league baseball, yeah, maybe he sucks some days. You compare him to the whole world, it's a top, top, top one percent of the one percent. Like and, and people don't understand that. They don't respect mm-hmm. that either because they don't have any concept of it. Nothing to conceptualize that. I've uh, I've seen guys walk. I I should say I've heard stories about guys walking into dojos going, I've watched enough UFC. I've got this, and they get twisted into a pretzel within seconds, and they walk out with their head held down and going, "Thank you for the opportunity." Hey, and I'll be the first to tell you, I was that. I was getting worked by women this summer, and and we don't discriminate in this podcast. We're very inclusive, but when I get worked in a jiu-jitsu studio by a woman who's I'm going to say five foot eight. 140 pounds. It's very humbling. It's very humbling. Why? Because her technique is incredible. Her foundation is great. She just absolutely worked me. And it's, it's very, very humbling in the grand scheme of things. Highly recommend. I know, Dave, you put your kids in jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. I, I totally back it. Mixed martial arts is great. Yeah, absolutely, man. And like you said, you talked about on the podcast before, what a discipline to have. Okay, listen, I want to tell my story about my run-in about a contentious issue with the National Hockey League. But first... Because I was traveling uh, to Toronto this past weekend, a uh, Christmas party for the uh, company I work with. By the way, if you get a chance, uh, you can check out uh, Energy 106. It is a uh, daily podcast called Wheeler in the Morning with Jasmine Lane and Tyler Carr. Just search Wheeler in the Morning. Daily podcast. It's a lot of fun. We enjoy it. Uh, it's usually about an hour to an hour 15 long, and it kind of covers everything. You can start off your day with it. And um, if, uh, if I didn't have a podcast, I would listen to it. So uh, I'm going to tell you that story here in a second. But first, I, because I was traveling to Toronto... I would like to thank the, um, uh, our next sponsor who made sure that I was taken care of when I got back to see my wife. Mm-hmm. The folks at Manscaped.com. If you're doing some mattress, mattress mixed martial arts, that's a tongue twister right there. you got to be taken care of. you got to be sharp. I'm going to give a shout-out right now. One of the guys on the team, Bartz, I was in the shower with him yesterday, and I said, oh, my God, that's like Osama bin Laden's beard on your crotch. He's like, it's no shave November, Trav. And I said, you don't need to do that. You need to get someone from the folks at manscaped.com. What is that something? It's the Lawnmower 4. The Lawnmower 4 has skin safe technology, so it's going to be a lot easier to trim than other trimmers. You're not going to cut yourself. You can do above the port, if you know what I'm saying. Trim the arms, 
trim your armpits. Honestly, the armpits I think is the best one by mm-hmm. by far. I mean, compared to like using like a razor, no razor mm-hmm. burn, no bumps. You just trim it. I know Dave and I we both shave our pits. I'm a little bit overdue for trim, so I got to get down to that. I actually uh, I forgot to bring my Manscaped charger with me to Detroit, which I realized yesterday at the end of my shave. I was like, oh my god, this could have been ugly if I was halfway through, but I wasn't. It was all good. But uh, 90 minutes of battery life, which is why I was able to make it so long with the Manscaped Four without a charger over here. And it's awesome. It's got a flashlight, or like a little like a LED light, so you can shave in the dark, shave in the shower. If you have a, a new living situation like myself here, and maybe the bathroom's a little bit darker, you turn the flashlight on, boom, you're good. You got light. You're not going to nick yourself. Maybe you got like a mole or something in those areas. You can just trim right over it. It's all good. You're not going to cut yourself. Flashlight and, uh, you... is a huge help, especially for the undercarriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> especially when you're looking like this. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, it's it's fantastic. If you're on the video version, uh-huh. you just saw what I did. You uh-huh. did. If you're on Apple or Spotify, you didn't, but that's okay. You can still go to manscaped.com. You can use the code BISCUIT, B-I-Z-K-I-T. You're going to get yourself 20% off and free shipping on the Lawnmower 4. You get the whole package this holiday season. It is truly the gift that keeps on giving. And uh, maybe if you uh, tidy up the shop for some mattress, mix, mattress mixed martial arts, maybe your missus will uh, jingle your balls this holiday season. Who knows? Okay, so I'm standing waiting for my flight in Winnipeg. Winnipeg, Toronto is about a two-and-a-half-hour flight. <clears throat> they always you know, like want you to be there super, super, super early. So I'm there super, super, super early. And I'm sitting there waiting, and I'm screwing around on my phone, and I go and grab a uh, coffee. And I look over, and I'm like, huh, it's a guy I haven't seen in about eight years. Now, keep in mind, between uh, playing, I, I've done almost every job there possibly could be in hockey, believe me when I tell you, outside of collecting cans like Big Sexy. But uh, I've, I've, I've played, I've coached, I've assistant coached. I've done in-house announcing, I've done play-by-play, I've done color commentary, I've done everything. So back when I was working with, uh, with um, uh, the Manitoba Moose, one of the guys that were one of my higher-ups, like, like up the ladder, <clears throat> uh, he's still working with True North Sports and Entertainment, and I spotted him, and I'm like, my God, I haven't seen that guy in eight years. And so I went over and I said, hey, old friend, and he goes, wheels, what has it been, eight years? I'm like, yeah. So after sharing photos of our kids and how are you and how are you, where you been, how are things, blah, 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 blah. I eventually said, I said, hey, listen, I said, I know, I know Bettman was in town last week in Winnipeg, kind of doing the, the tour and everything. I said, do you deal with him at all? Like, like, how, like how was that? And I, I said, I'll, I'll, I'll preface this by saying, when I'm on my radio show, and, oh, bad Bettman, ooh, you smarmy little toad, Bettman, hey, he's the worst, and blah, blah, blah. Got to play that role. But in the grand scheme of things, the reason why he's been employed as long as he has been by the league is because he's hired by the owners, not the, not, not the fans and not the players. He's hired by the owners. And you only get a job that long when you're doing a pretty darn good job. So if the owners are happy with Gary Bettman, that means he's doing a good job. And so he says, oh, we know we just had to do this and that. We had to go do run around, see a few things. He always, he's always very scheduled when he comes in. I said, can you ask me this? I said, I don't know how close of a relationship you have with the guy. I said, but what is his fascination with wanting to keep the Coyotes in Arizona? And he kind of stopped for a second. He goes, there's a lot of things Gary and I agree on. There's a lot of things we disagree on. That's one of the things we disagree on. He says, I wish I could tell you. I really wish I could tell you what it is. I think, and this is just him guessing at this point. This is just a personal opinion from him. He said, I think it's because it was like his first big move trying to push hockey down in the southern states, and he's just not willing to give up on it. Like He's like, he's like nope, no. Nope. If that team moves, then the whole thing, part, like it's like the linchpin of the whole southern hockey thing. I don't know. But, I mean, we sat there and talked about the 5,000-seat arena that they're playing at at the University of Arizona and just how – it's not a good look for the league. And I mean, they can't even fill that for crying out loud. So believe me when I tell you, I, 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 that's a little bit of insight that I got. It doesn't sound like the coyotes are moving anytime soon. And they're going to do everything in their power to try and make sure that they stay there, which I'm sure is as disappointing to everybody 
outside of Arizona. I'm sure there's at least a handful of people that would be like, no, save our coyotes. All three of them. Uh, one thing worth pointing out, though, is, and we talked about this on last week's podcast, is there are Fed Zeno teams with Fed Zeno barns that fit more people than the Arizona Coyotes and have more fans than the Arizona Coyotes. I witnessed it myself, sell out at the uh, Binghamton Arena, the Binghamton Visions Veterans Memorial Coliseum. 6,000 people in the crowd. It was insane. When it was a full house, I think they, they might have smudged the numbers a bit, probably close to like 5,500 because there were sure. a few empty seats. But Still, still more than Arizona. The Fed Zeno, they're getting more fans than the Arizona Coyotes, which is, which is crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, it was just an interesting conversation because I think there's a little more, I don't want to say skin in the game, but anyone who's from Manitoba or anyone who's from Winnipeg still feels the hurt of having that team ripped away back in 1997 and moved down. I mean, there was kids breaking their piggy banks. Literally kids breaking their piggy banks, trying to save our Jets. There was a campaign. Portage and Maine was lined. Polo Park, all, from Portage and Maine all the way down to Polo Park, people wanted to see this team stay. And the fact that they got ripped away and it took 15 years for the team to come back, I, I think there's just a few more people in Winnipeg that kind of feel like, just get them out of there. Then the memory's gone. We don't have to you know, get all triggered every time the Coyotes get mentioned or we have to play Jets 1.0 versus Jets 2.0. Like I, Just move the team, then it's two degrees of separation away from us, and then we can forget about that pain and just move on with our lives. Uh, agreed. Also, a little side note there. This is uh, some new digs I'm living in right now, and part of the you know, thing with living with five guys on the team, I just uh, accepted an order from Jimmy John's for one of the guys, and they come back from the gym. So good well, team speaking of, good glue. Spe- Speaking of getting deliveries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, um, oh, this, this is a good one. This is a little two-parter we'll probably finish off with before we conclude the podcast and program. So uh, this past Friday, uh, I was scratched, and uh, shout out to my boy Tim Perks. Him and I were both scratched. He was concussed. He was on the IR. I was scratched. And I says to, to Timmy, I says, Perks, healthy scratch. Healthy scratch. He- healthy scratch. I'm 100% healthy, just so people know. Uh, Coach chose to not put me in the lineup. Uh, but I says, Perksy, I'm, I'm hungry. We got to go uh, hunt down some food. And I say, he says, what are we going to get? I said, well, I know they got pizza in the press box, in the media box. And he's like, well, are we allowed in there, Trav? I said, Probably not, but we're not going to tell. We're just going to go do it. And he said, okay, we're going to go do it. So we snuck around. We went into the press media box area. And on the buffet table, four pizza boxes and unlimited Coke Zero. So we roll in there. And Perksy says, can, um, can can we take that? I says, let's take a look. And there's a couple slices in the first box, the second box, the third box. And there's nobody in the media box. We take two pieces each, a little pizza sandwich. We crush it. Percy, that was pretty good. You want to you want you want to get another one? Yeah, sure, Trev. Let's let's do that. So we have a second pizza sandwich, and then I was like, Percy, we got to crush a third one, man. We're not going to eat till after the game. He's like, okay. So I grabbed the third one. He didn't. We're still finishing a second, and we're we're polishing food off. All of a sudden, the door opens, and right away we we turn our backs, try not to, to chew anymore. I look at Percy. He looks back at me, and the guy in the media he comes behind us and he says, "Hey, gentlemen, how's it going? Good. You?" <laughs> As we got, you know, pizza in our mouth. Guilty! And he, op- <laughs> he opens the first box. I know it's empty. Opens the second box. I know it's empty. Opens the third box. I know that's empty. And he opens the fourth box. He sees that it's empty. And he's like, is there any more pizza in here, boys? I said, I, I think they got a couple more coming in a few minutes. Just, you know, hanging around out back. I'm sure it'll be here in a couple minutes. He left with a, you know, pretty pissed off look on his face. And then we bounced, obviously. And so, you know, Perks and I, we, we left after there. And we were thinking... That dude just had such a bad night. There's no pizza at all. And fast forward to the game. So we have uh, kids that like, like scrape our ice after uh, like every five minutes for the media break. And uh, we're, we're going back to the room. 
the intermission. This is the next night when I'm back in the lineup. And one of the kids says to me, Trav, do you need anything? And I was like, you know what? I could use a pizza and a Pepsi Max if you can make it happen. They're like, where do you want it? I was like, I don't know. Drop it off by the room. Obviously, I'm joking. They're like, you know, eight-year-old kids. And uh, your, your Papa John's is on the uh, thing, by the way. Gotcha. Um, so anyway, fast forward to the second period. And so I'm on the bench. And so the kids that, like, scrape the ice have access to our bench. And, like, eight of these kids come running towards the bench. One of them carrying a full box of pizza. The others have, like, little plates of pizza. And they're like, Trav, Trav, we got your pizza. And they, they put the box of pizza on the bench while, like, during a stoppage in play. And Coach looks over, and he's like, what's going on here? And I was like, I don't know. They just brought me a pizza. It's not mine. I, I know in the back of my head. I did tell them to bring me pizza, but not to the bench. Wow. And Coach was like, get them out of here. We can't have pizza in here. Shoo, shoo, shoo. And I was like, guys, just take the pizza. Get out of here. And just leave it in the tunnel. I'll come eat it after. So they, they leave with the pizza. They leave a couple pieces on top of the stick rack. Obviously, like, when the play goes to the other end and nobody's watching, I back up, and I you know crush a couple pizzas, a couple pieces behind the play. And then uh, somebody from the tunnel above dropped down one Pepsi Max to me. Fantastic. And then in the third period, somebody says, Hey, Trav, it's Pepsi Max. Tossed it over the, uh, over the glass, and I had two Pepsi Maxes during the game. It's fantastic life in the feds, you know, over here. Eating for That's, free and drinking for free. It's bottomless. Yeah, literally, you got the best seat in the house. <laughs> literally, I'm close to the action. I see everything. I hear everything. And uh, I'm eating and I'm drinking for free. It doesn't get any better here in the uh, feds, you know, in Motor City. Well, listen. I think it's a great place to wrap right now if anyone's going to be taking in the games. Uh, you guys are on the road this weekend. When are you back in town? So we're at home tomorrow night against uh, Watertown, and then we no, leave No, hang on, hang on, hang on. When you say tomorrow night, keep in mind people are downloading this on Thanksgiving Sunday. Yes, so me and Dave are recording on Tuesday night. So Wednesday night, we're going to be at home to Watertown. Uh, Thursday, we got uh, team Thanksgiving dinner. And then after the dinner, we're loading up the bus. We're heading all the way down to Delaware, the, uh, the home of the Swedish immigration capital in the United States, and our favorite u.s president on this program joe biden if you're watching the video version you know how sarcastic i was being if you're in the car you have no idea but uh this pot yeah dave's looking around anybody nobody trying to find one anyway uh so this podcast is available on apple spotify google podcast and the video version on youtube if you're listening give us a little review a little five stars on apple or spotify drop a subscribe and a like on the youtube video version and uh there are new episodes every sunday at 11 a.m eastern 10 a.m in winnipeg 9 a.m in calgary 8 a.m on the west coast vancouver san francisco and Los Angeles. If you're over in Europe, it's going to be 4 p.m. in Sweden, 3 p.m. in the UK, 5 p.m. in Finland, and 11 p.m. in China and Australia. On behalf of the Winnipeg radio legend, Dave Wheeler, working at the Energy 106 with Wheeler in the Morning, uh, I'd like to say thank you very much to everybody for listening. Apologies for the shorter episode, but we will be back next Sunday as we always are. Dave, take us home. Enjoy the turkey, everybody.